gates open, off and Stiley Sensory stayed in the gate. There's Bo Rogue being set alight immediately by Cyril Small and racing to the lead. But Bo Rogue won't give up, he's still in front. Groucho's grabbing him now. Groucho coming at Bo Rogue, don't play, getting a rails run. Bo Rogue in front, he's got a heart as big as himself. He'll win, Bo Rogue! This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and the High Gang Group. The Racing Roadshow comes to the Hunter Valley on Friday, May 13 and Saturday the 14th when black type racing will be showcased on the beautiful Scone track. The Friday fixture will feature the $200,000 listed Scone Cup and the $200,000 Inglis Challenge for two-year-olds which were offered at last year's Inglis HTBA Scone Yearling Sale. Saturday, May 14, we'll see a bumper crowd turn out for a feast of stakes racing. The highlight will be the Group 3 Coolmore Dark Jewel, supported by four listed racers. The Vinery Luskin Star, the Kiora Hortensia Stakes, the Emirates Park Denise's Joy and the Turanga Farm Woodland Stakes for the two-year-old fillies. The usual Tab Highway and Midway races will complement a great card. Some years ago, Scone Civic Leaders branded the town and its surrounds the horse capital of Australia. Those who join the party on May 13 and 14 will heartily concur. Two great days offering top facilities, a pristine racetrack and high quality racing. Scone, May 13 and 14. A promising three-year-old filly called Chilco Lake has lifted Steve Engelbrecht's spirits in recent weeks. A $45,000 purchase at the 2020 English Classic Sale, the daughter of Vancouver has been a slow maturer, but is now putting it all together. She ran three seconds in her first preparation late last year before spelling, but has lifted significantly this time in to win her last two, a 1,400-metre maiden at Warwick Farm and a 1,600-metre benchmark at Kembla, and they were both very strong wins. Strong enough to convince Steve she's worthy of a shot at the Doombin Roses on May 21st. Chilco Lake is one of only two horses the trainer has in work these days from his five-acre property at Pheasant's Nest. Steve went into semi-retirement about five years ago when developers persuaded him to sell the Warwick Farm training complex from which he'd enjoyed so much success over a 25-year period. During those years, Steve maintained a team of just 25, but it seemed he was never without at least one handy horse. He trained several talented stakes performers and won elite-level horse called Referral, winner of nine races, 12 placings and $1.4 million. When the right horse came into the stables, Steve Engelbrecht could develop its talents as well as any of his high-profile contemporaries, as you'd expect from a man whose parents were both successful trainers in the Hunter Valley. Let's whip down to Pheasant's Nest in the Wallandilly Shire and welcome Steve Engelbrecht to the podcast. Been a long time, mate. Great to catch up. Yeah, it is great, John. I haven't heard from you for ages. Been a long time, Steve. Well, you're 66 now. You're in semi-retirement, but you're keeping yourself occupied with two horses in work. What facilities do you have on the property there? Oh, I've got um, eight quarter-acre 
paddocks, yards, or whatever you want to call them. But they're, they're well fenced, got, got shelters, and um, it's quite a tidy little property, actually, if mm. I do say so myself. Yeah. So there's a bit of travelling involved on gallop days. You've still got to go into Warwick Farm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, at the moment, I'm renting a couple of stables in at Warwick Farm, and mm. I, ju- I just commute up every morning and um, and uh, do the horses and come back home. Mm. So, well, it's pretty easy. There's one thing, Steve. You don't have to stand around waiting for a work rider, as most trainers do, because your partner Deanne Pania. Uh, she did miss a few months, and for reasons we'll explain in a moment, but she's back riding work again, a successful jockey in her own right, and uh, she's been a massive help. Absolutely. Um, she's sort of been my right hand, actually, and um, yeah, I've been able to um, get my horses worked and, and work the way I want. I want them work, you know. Mm. Her, she's good at times and good at what she does. She's ridden plenty of winners too for different stables. Yeah, I'm not sure how many um, winners she's actually rode, but um, mm. she she rode, rode a fair few and, and won a um, Magic Williams Cup for uh, Gary Potelli, and mm. you know she's she's rode a couple of travels at, at Randwick and and Rose Hill, and she she's she was quite successful when she was riding. Mm. Well, she's also successful as a mother, and uh, I think she gave you some sort of a shock about five months ago when she <laughs> produced a beautiful baby girl, five months old, named Ruby, and you tell me she's a special baby. No, she absolutely is. She's uh, – she, you never hear a peep out of her. She, she's just the most complacent kid and um, eats, drinks, smiles and plays, you know, that, that's uh, and sleeps more importantly. <laughs> so I, I hope that never changes. No, it might be the calm before the storm. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Now, Steve, let's have a look at this filly, Chilco Lake, who's getting better all the time. You tell me she was a rakey little thing early in the piece. Yeah, look, uh, you know, the first start I gave her, I'm glad COVID was on and there was no one allowed to go to the races because she looked terrible. Yeah, I, was a bit emba- I was a bit embarrassed to take her down. Mm. But um, I knew she needed to race, to sort of kickstart a system into, um, you know, going forward. She, you know, just, just track work wasn't enough for her. She needed to, she needed a, a bit more stimulation than that. So, mm. um, and she, she's really – she ran a terrific race that day, actually, and um, even as, as terrible as she looked, and um, she mm. just kept improving since. Mm. Her sire, Vancouver, was an out-and-out sprinter. He only had five starts. He won four of them, including a golden slipper. But you believe that some of his progeny are getting over a bit of ground. Yeah, I was watching them. Before I bought this filly, I was watching them, and they just look like the type of horse that wanted a bit of time and, 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 and sort of would get over a bit of distance. And, mm. uh, you know, and even though he was a bit unfashionable at the time, like um, mm. I thought, you know, that it helped me buy one. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which proved, proved right, yeah. Mm. Well, Vancouver is by a horse called Medagliadoro, who ran fourth in a Kentucky Derby and second in a Belmont Stakes. And your filly on the maternal side, has got some really stout blood. 
Yeah, well, she, she's from the Battle Heights family, and um, Jesus, the whole family just out and out stays. Mm. So, um, you know, no wonder she can sort of get over a bit of ground, that's for sure. Mm. Chilco Lake looked a budding stayer at Kembla the other day, Steve, over the mile. Uh, another mare, a year older mare, by the way, called Sprout Wings, loomed up and looked very dangerous at the 200. But your girl just dropped into another gear and she was very strong on the line. Yeah, she, she the other filly sort of let down a, a lot quicker than mine, um, mm. being being as dour as she is. But she she um, really knuckled down when the other thing got to her, and she she put pay to her pretty quickly when when she got a smack around the backside. Mm. She got a bit lost, I thought, too, in the last fifty metres or so. She had a good look at the winning post. She pricked one ear, then she pricked the other one. Uh, she was distracted. Yeah, she she switches off pretty quick. She's um, t- just a, a real laid back, staying type of filly, you know. Like she mm. did it at Warwick Farm too. She um, got to got to the front and then pricked her ears and sort of wound back a notch, you know. She mm. um, she I'm, I'm sure if she had something beside her, she she'd be more competitive. But she switches mm. off pretty quick. Mm. She don't knock herself about. That's for sure. Well, the Doombin Roses looks tailor-made for you on Saturday week, Election Day, May 21. Um, have you booked a jockey yet? Um, I'm just waiting to hear back from Jason Collett's manager. Um, mm. I was hoping to try and secure Jason. So he's got to work out what, whether he's staying in Sydney or going to Brisbane. So mm. I, I'll, I'll just sort of sit back and wait and see what eventuates from that. Mm. Is your filly comfortable in rain-affected ground? Yeah, well, the two winds have been on heavy tens, so, mm. you know, the, the rain's not going to worry her. I, I think she'll perform on top of the ground just as well. She's she's had a couple of um, runs on good tracks and performed very, very well, but mm. not not like she, she's improved a lot since then as well. Mm. Well, that's good news, mate, because Brisbane uh, is being inundated with rain. Yeah, and and like a Brisbane winter is notorious for being wet, so mm. that that sort of influenced me to take her up there as well and have a crack. Mm. I'm sure there are some wondering about the name Chilco Lake. Now, it's a beautiful holiday spot in British Columbia, which you visited a few years ago on holiday. The lake itself, Steve, on looking it up, is 80 kilometres long. It's glacier-fed and it's the largest natural freshwater lake, not only in Canada, but in all of North America. You tell me it's a beautiful spot. Absolutely sensational, John. And um, we, we um, rode, rode the Rockies. We, we hired horses and we went on, on a ride up through the Rockies. And when we got to the top, mm-hmm. you could see, look over this lake. And it was absolutely sensational, mate. It, mm-hmm. uh, you'd never forget it. Absolutely never forget Mm. And, of course, Vancouver, uh, the name of her sire, also happens to be a city in British Columbia. So there's a good connection. Yeah, well, when we're looking for a name, we are looking for uh, something that would connect with Vancouver and uh, and we enjoyed that, that holiday so much. I thought, oh, well, that, that, that's a good name. That, mm. That'll go well. Yeah. Now, you've retained a one-third share and you're racing her with a couple of mates. Yeah, yeah, I've um, I've actually got two thirds. Oh, good boy! <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, so so that worked out really good. And um, but I've still got a couple of mates in it. My, my um, accountant, which is good, he mm. he's been a client for geez forever. And um, a very good friend of mine, uh, Tony Striminoli, he's um, mm. geez, he's been around forever too. He's a, he's a he's a good <laughs> friend and a good mate. Stickers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Completing your team is a two-year-old grey filly called Penitent, who's had only two starts. You were a bit disappointed first up at Hawkesbury, but last week she was a cracking good third at Kembla. Yeah, she um, lived up to her trials at Kembla the other day. Um, Jason Collett wrote her and um, she drew wide and, and he sort of eased her out to the back back of the field, got it, got her on the fence and mm-hmm. she made it home from a couple of lengths last at the 400 to be beaten less than a length in the third and, you know, it was a very promising effort, very mm-hmm. promising. You were an only child, Steve, born and reared in Musselbrook. Your late dad, Ron, was a very good trainer, best known for his association with the brilliant romantic dream. Dad had him when he won a Group 1 two-year-old double in Brisbane in the mid-1970s. You would have been, what, 19 or 20, so you had a yeah. bit to do with the horse. Yeah, I broke him in and um, I rode him all his work and um, he's probably the best horse I've ever had anything to do with. He was, he was an absolutely sensational animal. Mm. He underwent a stable change later, didn't he? Much to the disappointment of your dad. Yeah, in those days, and in, in, in based in the country, the the bigger stables were well as they are today. Uh, attract the clients, and he actually um, had a few stable changes. He, I think, Bart trained him for a while. TJ trained him. Mm. I think he, he might have had a go with George Hanlon in Melbourne. Yeah, he he, he I think he won um, Group Ones or, or won races in every state of the of the country except yeah. um, except. Darwin. <laughs> Goodness me. Well, he won a Goodwood in Adelaide. Yeah. And he won a Winterbottom Stakes in Perth, so he got around a bit. He got around. He, he was a good horse, a tough horse, and, mm. and just a lovely horse to do anything with. He was entire, mm. and um, he, he was just an absolute gentleman. Yeah. He was by Baguette, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, that Robert Thompson. Uh, yeah, Rob used to ride. Robert um, Swayze was the best horse he ever had anything to do with as well. So. Yes, he told me that in an interview recently. <laughs> yeah, that's a big statement because so. mm. he was involved with some good horses, Robert. So. Your dad died much too young at just 59, around about 1980. Yeah, he was um, plagued with heart trouble and he was one of those guys that wouldn't slow down. He just 100 mile an hour, everything he did. So mm. he was, um, you know, and, and probably the technology then wasn't as good as today with um, that, that sort of thing. So, mm. you know, unfortunately, he succumbed. Your mum, Rita, is now 88. She's not enjoying yeah. the best of health currently, but she was still training, wasn't she, just a few years ago? Yeah, yeah, and um, always had, had a, a only only a couple of horses at a time, but she had a bit of luck. Yeah, she, uh, she won a few races with, with um, a horse called Ducktail and um, Guy Aaron, mm. and uh, I can't. She had another one. I can't think of its name for the life of me. Mm. Yeah, but, she, but yeah, she had a good a good bit of fun with them. Yeah, you've Kept got her off the streets. <laughs> Yeah, you've got three cousins who are all in the business. Two are trainers, 
and the other one works for a trainer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Peter, he, he's actually a butcher in Musselbrook, but he trains a few of his own. Mm-hmm. And um, Jeff, well, he, he's quite a successful trainer. He's moved down to Wyong now, and uh, he, he gets winners all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, Paul, who used to be a jockey, Paul, he mm-hmm. um, works for Paul Massara at Arrowfield. Mm-hmm. So. It's in the blood, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> it is. <laughs> we got infected, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. You actually started your training career in Musselbrook, but you quickly decided you needed to get closer to Sydney and you sort of sneaked your way down the coast. You were able to rent David Throsby's stables opposite Gosford Racecourse and you kicked off there with seven horses. You were probably in your late 20s. Yep, yep. Um, that was a long time ago, but um, we had to make a decision, you know, if I wanted to be in the game, I had to be somewhere central where I could um, compete, and, and not only for for horses, but for clients. That, that was the most important thing. Mm. So um, that was where we went. Mm. Brian Wakefield, Brisbane trainer, brought a horse down called Roman Senator, and he boarded at your place at Gosford. Now, there were several postponements during a long wet spell, and he decided to head home but leave Roman Senator with you. Thank goodness he did. Yeah, it, it, it sort of put me on the map, actually, because he was only a restricted horse and he was eligible for it. They, they used to run races called um, uh, regional stakes, provincial stakes races, or mm. set weights races and um, he was such a good horse. I think he won five or six of them on on the trot. He, he went right through his grades and he only went up a kilo and a half each time but yeah. he was such a good horse and he, he ended up his last run for me he was second in a shorts or something and yeah. um, and and Brian said I better take him back. <laughs> so, <laughs> Quick smart. <laughs> yeah he repossessed him on me. <laughs> yeah and he had he raced on for quite a long time too. Yeah, he was a good horse in Brisbane when, when Brian mm. took him back up there. Uh, he, he had a great fun with him. I think it was one of his favourite horses. So. Mm. Well, eventually you set up shop at Warwick Farm, destined to stay for 25 years. Let's look at some of the nice horses you trained over that 25 years. Every trainer should have a horse like Winning Hand. 52 starts, 13 wins, 11 placings. He won a show county, a satellite stakes, a hallmark, all listed, and didn't he love his home track? He won six at Warwick Farm. Yeah, he, he was a great little horse for us, a little gentleman he was, and um, a good bunch of guys owned him and um, a good syndicate, and um, we had a lot of fun with him, a lot of fun. Mm, he was by full-on aces. He was well-named. Yeah, he was well-named, yeah. And, and just a really nice little horse. He wasn't a big horse or, or any, anything like that, but he was yeah. just such an honest, good, tough little horse, you know. So. Yeah. Irish Rort was a lovable old warrior, wasn't he? <laughs> you you <laughs> won five with him, including four in the city. And, Steve, people forget about his three-year-old season. He ran fourth in the Spring Champion, fourth in the Canterbury Guineas, second to Innocent King in the Rose Hill Guineas and fourth to Innocent King in the AJC Derby. He was snapping at their heels, wasn't he? 
Yeah, he he was a really really good horse. He he won a value as a two year old, and um, he 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 went on to be you know got beat ahead I think in the Rosal Guineas, and you know he wasn't beaten far in the Derby, and mm. he he ran third in the Metrop too. I think as a five or six year old, he, yeah, he was just a really good honest horse, really yeah. good honest horse. He must have been a sound old fella because he finished up in Western Australia and I think he raced to age nine or ten with the Parnham stable. Yeah, he he, he was a sound we, – we never had any dramas with him and obviously they didn't as, as well like to, to mm. race on for that long. You know, the, you know that, that's a big effort, big mm. effort. San Diego Bell didn't last long. She only had ten starts but she won three of them. She won a two-year-old at Rose Hill. She won the T.L. Bailey at Randwick. And later she won a stakes race at Eagle Farm. Ten runs, Steve. Did she have problems? No. Well, she she ended up, yes, not not when we were racing her. She, mm. she uh, uh, A last run she ran third to Mahogany in the size in Brisbane and um, mm. come from various 17. She ran a sensational race and we, we spelled her straight after and brought her back to get her ready for the Princess Series in Sydney. And Unfortunately, in a, one of the final gallops leading up, she um, broke a pelvis oh, in track dear. work. Dear me. And we, yeah, we had to put her down, unfortunately, but mm. she, she was very, very good filly, very good filly. You trained a precocious two-year-old in the late 90s called Speedy Bell, and you and I were trying to think of the name of her sire the other day. It was Brocco. That's it. <laughs> Bro- Brocco, who, who was not Star Kingdom. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. Well away. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she was a good filly. She, she only had the three runs, but she was um, she won the gym crack and um, she had a few knee problems and... We, we got her back as a three-year-old and she mm. ran a couple of places in stakes races, but yeah. uh, uh, then her knees started to go bad, so we retired her. Mm. Steve, I've got to tell one funny little story at this point, without mentioning any names, but a, a very prominent breeder said to you around about the time you had Speedy Bell in work, he said, Steve, you don't appear to be a two-year-old trainer. You, you <laughs> don't appear to have any form with juveniles. One week later, you won the Jim Crack Stakes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, I'll never forget that. He, he absolutely shattered me. He said, you don't, you can't train two-year-olds. No, I thought I went all right. <laughs> well, they don't come any earlier than the Jim Crack Stakes. <laughs> no, exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. Dotteressa. Dotteressa, there's a name. She was a good filly for the stable. She won a two-year-old at Rose Hill with Craig Carmody on board. She won the Adrian Knox with Jim Cassidy. She won a mare's race at Caulfield with Darren Biedman. And one of her best runs, Steve, was a one-length second to tie the knot in one of his four Chipping Nortons. Yeah, yeah, she she was a really good filly. Um, w- we had a bit of fun with her as well. She, um, you know, gave us a lot of pleasure. The, the, it was funny that when she won the Adrian Knox, it was um, one in that period where um, uh, San Miguel was sponsoring races, and I think the race was worth half a million dollars at, at yeah. that time. I think the prize money's dropped considerably these days, but. Mm. Um, you know, it was a great year to win it, I can tell you. It was mm. excellent, excellent. 
Dot Arisa won a total of 491,000, and that's more than 20 years ago. That was good dough. That was good dough. Um, I bought her at a Magic Million sale for 30 grand, and um, mm. I think she, she was a good good value. I think we sold her as a broodmare for 500 or, or close to 500,000. So yeah. she, she, was, she was a great result. Mitovite has been producing high-quality feeds and supplements for all walks of equine life for almost 40 years. Mitovite has become a household name in racing and breeding circles with products like Athlete, Formula 3 and Breeder, time-tested products in the breeding barn and on the racetrack. 26 thoroughbred Group 1 winners this season have been on a Mitovite feeding regime. From humble beginnings on the New South Wales Central Coast, Mitovite has become a world leader in equine nutrition. Infrastructure investment in the production mill and close attention to nutritional science keeps Mitovite at a standard of excellence developed over four decades. Check the website, mitovite.com, or follow the Mitovite Racing and Breeding Facebook page. The Mitovite brand has earned the respect of horse people all over the world. Every trainer hopes an elite horse will walk through the gate one day. And yours walked in around the middle of 1997. His name? Yep. Referral. He was by Dr Grace, a multiple Group 1 winner himself and a son of Sir Tristram. Referral was out of a great producing mare called Pride of Tarnie. Stevie was a three-year-old before you even thought about starting him. Yeah, he um, he, he just needed the time. He was a, he was a bit like um, Chilco Lake, actually. He was a, a gangly two-year-old and um, always showed ability, but he just wasn't ready to go. You know, he um, just needed the time. So we, we were a bit patient with him, thank God, and yeah. it, it, it paid dividends for us. But you've got to have owners who will be patient with you, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, and um, they all say they are, but in in real life they, they, they get a bit toey after a while. But these guys were really good. They're, they're good friends and good mates, so yeah. it all worked out pretty well. They've got too many advisors off the course. That's the problem. <laughs> Everyone's a genius when they haven't got something to pay for, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. when you're talking about a horse like Referral, it's hard to know where to start. His record was 46 runs, 9 wins, 12 placings, 1.4 million. He won a Group 1, he won a Group 2, and he won a couple of Group 3s, and he was placed in some amazing races. Let's look at yeah. the Group 1, Steve, the 1999 George Ryder. He'd won the Hawkesbury Cup and the Villiers a few months earlier. Then he had a spell. He was unplaced first up in the Liverpool Cup. He went into the Ryder with just one run. Yep. Yeah, he was a good horse. Geez, I'd like to find another one like him. Mm. And, and not just not just a good galloper. He was a good horse around the stables as well. Mm. He, he was a real gentleman and just a, a pleasure to ride pleasure to do anything with, to be honest with you. Mm. He, he, you could tie him up at the track and go and get a cup of coffee and you wouldn't hear a peep out of him. You, yeah. He was just a lovely, lovely horse. He won only one more race after the rider, amazingly, the Group 3 Shannon Stakes. But he ran some mighty races 
in mighty company. He ran second in an Epsom. He ran third in a Cox Plate. He ran third in a Chipping Norton. There was nowhere to hide for the rest of his career. No, it was unfortunate that he, he was in an era with uh, Tyler Knott, Sunline, um, you know, diatribe beat him a half head out of, out of second money in uh, Cox Plate. He was um, mm. such a good horse. He just tried every time and yeah. run into elite horses, you know, the Hall of Fame horses. Mm. You know, the day he ran third to Sunline and diatribe in the Cox Plate, albeit seven lengths from the winner, no horse in the world, Steve, would have beaten Sunline that day over that trip. No, she had wings, mate. <laughs> she was off and gone. It's truth, it was a win, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was only watching it um, when they planned the replays before the Cox Plate this year and they, mm. they bought her on, on, on um, TV and, um, mm. God, she, she was phenomenal, absolutely mm. phenomenal, as as he was to run a distant third, you know. Yeah. So there were some good horses behind him. Well, mate, no one was complaining because in running third, he picked up 155,000. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear, now, that yeah. day, you've never forgotten Cox played day 99 because early in the day, you won a three-year-old race with a horse called Top Slice ridden by Darren Biedman. It was a huge day. Yeah, uh, we were really keen on top slice, and um, he, he collected for us. And um, then, then the boys got a bit excited, and they had a big pun on uh, referral each way at hundred to one in the Cox Plate. So mm. it, it was it was a pretty fat day, I can tell you. Mm. Yeah. You stayed on for another couple of weeks, and uh, top slice won again at Sandown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was a good little horse. He. Um, Good little sprinting horse as a, as a young horse, and um, he, he was good down there. He was a bit stiff at Flemington one day down the straight as well. Um, mm. Unfortunately, we went the wrong side of the track, but, um, yeah. you know, he, he went really good. He went really good. Referral ran in three Doncasters, Steve, which you'd be well aware of. He ran fourth, a fifth, and a ninth, all from terrible barriers. Yeah, he, he never got the uh, rub of the green all that often, but, um, mm. you know, he, he performed credibly every time. Mm. You know what I remember most about him? Didn't he love pace on? Oh, he could follow high speed all day and still give a kick. Yeah, he, he, the quicker they went, the better it suited him. Mm. He, he could um, let down off a fast pace really, really good. Mm. And... Um, I, I was a bit um, hesitant early in his career. I should have probably stretched him out to 2,000 metres a, mm. a bit earlier in his career. I think he may have performed better, but mm. um, he was sprinting well to a mile, so we, we elected to stay there. But yeah. he, he performed really, really well all the time. You'd like another crack at it, would you? Absolutely, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, he died not long ago, Steve, at age 27, and I believe he'd had a wonderful retirement. Yeah, yeah, he uh, lived lived out his days on uh, the owner's property. He's got a few hundred acres of cobbity not far uh, away, and uh, mm. he never wanted for anything. He uh, was fat, but he just, you know, he, he was 26. <laughs> mm, beautiful to hear. Yeah, yeah. They don't go on forever, unfortunately. Well, he was raced throughout his career by an uncle, 
and nephew team. John Vartuli is the uncle and Vince Carreo is the nephew. Now, John was your hairdresser. And yep. uh, just after you got referral, you were having a haircut one day and you mentioned you had a Dr. Grace cult in the place uh, that you might look at uh, taking on another owner or two. He jumped at the chance. Yeah, yeah. He was always keen to, to get into a horse and he, he, he loved the bet, John, and uh, well, he mm-hmm. still does. And, um, you know, he was keen to get into a horse with his nephew and um, the two of them sort of got together and got into him. I was very lucky, actually. Mm. Steve, he had a half-brother who had a smattering of ability, a horse called Shogun Lodge, who won $4.6 million. What a producer, pride of Tarnie. Yeah, she was a great man. We actually um, looked at um, Shogun Lodge as a yearling and got him vetted and he, he made too much for us, so he, I think he made a couple hundred grand, wow. and um, he, he was he was a bit out of our price range at the time. You had a talented apprentice in that era, by the name of Craig Agnew, who was liked. He could really ride, and he won a lot of races. He had a few seasons there when he dominated the Kembla Grange meetings. I can remember him winning six in a day at Kembla on a Saturday in two thousand and four. Yeah, Craig was um, a very good, very talented rider. He um, probably didn't get the opportunities he deserved, but he, he took advantage of everything that was thrown at him. He was leading apprentice for me when 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 he was apprentice. I think he, he won the premiership one season. So mm, he did. He was a pretty good rider. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, I've lost track of him, Steve. Have you heard from him? Yeah, I haven't heard from him for a couple of years. The last I heard, he'd um, moved up Mwilumba way and um, sort of retired. He, he, he was injured a few times. He had a couple of really bad falls mm. and um, he, he, he ended up retiring. But um, he, he, he sort of let down. I think he's uh, not doing much these days. Mm. I haven't seen Greg for ages, but I wouldn't imagine he'd put on much weight or, or be overweight. That's for sure. He was pretty, pretty natural lightweight. Mm. Speaking of Craig Agnew, reminds me of a really nice horse you trained for Jerry Harvey in the early 2000s by the name of West Country. He won seven out of eight at one stage, ridden in all of them by Craig and culminating in a Gosford Cup win. Yeah, he had a, 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 a he was he was a really big horse and a really good horse. And um, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about him. He he'd won about three or four on the trot, and um, mm. I was in the box at the the track one morning, and Clary Connors said to me, um, he was looking at his form, and his first five starts he did absolutely nothing. Mm. And Clary said, "You had that horse before?" I said, "I did." He said, "Oh, he's improved a bit." <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't kidding. <laughs> he wasn't kidding, that's for sure. Mm. Uh, he, he was a good horse. Yeah, seven out of eight in one sequence of wins. Amazing. They don't do that. No, and and he and he was racing in good company as well. Like he, uh, like you said, he stepped up to and won a Gosford Cup. He was a mm. he was a good good, good horse. Unfortunately, he bowed a tendon, and um, mm. being such a big horse, it was hard to get him back. And um, mm. I think he, he had one run back. He ran four Finnevillias or something first up, and um, yeah. or it might have been a tramway actually. And um, he, his tendon went again on him, unfortunately. Mm. 
You had a very smart marauding gelding at one stage called Genius and Evil. Round about 2004, you won the Group 2 Pago Pago stakes with him before his owners succumbed to the lure of the big Hong Kong dollar. And he went on to win three Group 1s in Hong Kong. His name became Absolute Champion. Yeah, he was, he was only a little bloke, but gee, he was a good little horse. He, he was a good two-year-old for us anyway. He um, looked like it early on, because he used to get back in his races, he looked like he was going to get out over a bit of ground. But um, mm. he was just one of those fresh horses and and got back and had a really quick turn of foot. He, he mm. um, raced a, a, around the 1,200-metre marks all the time, and mm. he, he was a really good horse. Damien Oliver has had very few rides for you throughout your training career, but he did ride that horse uh, to win the Pago Pago Stakes, Genius and Evil. Yeah, he um, he's a good rider, Damien. I wish I could get him more, mate. Yeah, mm. uh, you know, his he's record speaks for itself, but the horses just run for him, and that horse that day, he, he was just on fire. Mm. Unbeatable on the day. And absolutely, and and I, I I I elected not to run in the slipper, as as big an attraction as it was, because mm. he's only a little light bloke, and I just didn't think he'd back up a week later and perform. Mm. I think when he won the Pago, he beat Fastnet Rock, and um, I forget what, what runs third now. Yeah, um, he beat was, Fastnet Rock. That's right. Yeah, he, he's he was a good horse. He was mm. a good horse. Malavio was a pretty good one. You trained for Ottavio Galetta, uh, known currently as the owner of Profondo and Castelvecchio. You won five races with Malavio, who was by Schnitzel. Two of them were listed races and a Group 3 uh, tramway stakes. Yeah, he, he came to me as a Class 1 horse from the country and... Um he, he was a very, very good horse, Omalavio. He um, lovely animal as well, big, beautiful horse, and uh, we had a lot of fun with him. Mm. And, um, yeah, he, he was a good horse. Well, the names keep coming to mind, Steve. What about At Ease? Won five or six in the city and won a listed race one day, the Scirocco. Yeah, I, I used to um, – she was she was one of my favourite mares. She, she – um, just a just a good honest mare. Um, I was really keen on her at Canary one night, and um, they bet eight or ten to one about her, and she bolted it. She it was, mm. it was it was a pretty good night. <laughs> you fancied yeah. a punt in that era, did you? Yeah, well, you, you got to survive, mate. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you have a little bet every now and again. Yeah. Not often, but every now and again you like one. So. <laughs> yeah. A rich auntie was another one. She won six, five in town. So you've had some fun, haven't you, over four decades? Yeah, I've been, I've been really lucky, John, throughout my career that I've always been able to find something handy, something that, that, that can keep the, the walls away. And, uh, mm. geez, you know, all, all through my career I've been, been that way. So. Mm. Well, I'm tickle pink. You're still training. And it's great to see you with a handy filly, of which you own two-thirds, whose form yes. warrants a trip to Queensland for the Winter Carnival, and at least we know she can get through heavy going. 
Absolutely, and um, it gets a bit cold down the Southern Highlands, so the the Queensland uh, trip looked looked uh, very inviting. Steve, been lovely to catch up after such a long time. Thank you for being with us on a podcast produced by Supernova Sound, and I'll be glued to Sky Racing watching Chilco Lake. Thanks, John. I appreciate it very much. Good to hear from you as well. Trainers strive to have horses spot on for race day. Fuel cells up, the right mental state, the right fitness levels. Equally important is the horse's capacity to recover quickly from racing and track work. The aim is to give owners every opportunity to win optimum prize money by keeping a horse in training for as long as possible. High Gain Recuperate is a powerful blend of electrolytes, B-group vitamins and vitamin E in paste form which can be administered after fast work and in the days leading up to a race to assist recovery. 30ml of Recuperate drawn from the 500ml bulk pack is the economical alternative to individual electrolyte and vitamin paste syringes. High Gain Recuperate powers performance and recovery. Visit the High Gain website and use promo code johntap.racing to receive 15% off your next Recuperate purchase.